Well, good morning. How are you today? Good? Yeah? I'm glad to hear that. I really am. Well, today I brought along my wife and daughter, and they're wandering somewhere. Sophie is rarely, well, she doesn't move when she's asleep. But the rest of the time, she's on the go. So, but uh, you must be an okay group because she did the happy dance when she came in the door. As I, as if you, for those of you who don't know, she doesn't talk. And uh, she's, uh, she has autism. And so there are certain things she does, but she does communicate. Very early on, we were told, by the way, do not ever think she will not communicate with you. She will communicate. You'll know when she's happy, and you'll know when she's not. And uh, she is very good at communicating. So they're back here. If you see them, my wife's about this tall. Sophie's eight, but almost the same height. So, well, it's Mother's Day, isn't it? Yes, and that was nice of you to have the mother stand so I can check that off my list here. And, uh, and today, actually, the, the message that, um, that I prepared is for Mother's Day, and it is about mothers. To begin with this morning, uh, we're going to read some portions of Scripture, and all those portions of Scripture have to do with what Mary, the mother of Jesus, said or was said about her in one case. So if you'll read with me, you can turn to Luke chapter 1 first, Luke chapter 1, and then I'll be reading sections. The first section is from verse 34 to 38. This, of course, is Mary's part of Mary's conversation with the angel when he came to tell her she was going to have a baby named Jesus. In Luke 1, 34, and then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And if we move ahead a little bit, Mary went out into the hill country to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And when she met up Elizabeth in verse 45 of the same chapter, and then I'm going to read a few verses from there on, Elizabeth greets her and says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And uh, Mary responds by saying the following. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit is rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lonely. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And then if we move ahead in chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 
This is when they took Jesus to the temple and he stayed behind. And uh, they go and find him, and starting in verse 48. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And then in John chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, when Jesus went to the wedding in Cana and they ran out of wine, Mary, uh, we read here the words of Mary with her son. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for mothers. Help me, Lord, now to focus on your word, to, to explain it clearly, to proclaim it clearly, and Lord, may it be a challenge and a blessing to those who hear it. We'll give you the honor and the, the glory for it, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, on Mother's Day today, I, one thing I do if I happen to be preaching that day is tell you about my mother. My mother's name was Catherine Marie Cassens. Catherine, I was the last of five children to be born. When my oldest brother was born in 1953, 10 years before I was, she began to pray. And her prayer was, Lord, would you make one of my children a pastor or a missionary? Um, when I left for the Ecuador, when I was 23, she would have been praying for 33 years. So I tell you that, mothers, don't give up hope. And not even after you think you've accomplished it, stick with it. Um, she was, a, a, and, and, and in spite of that and the impact that she had on my life, she was sick much of the time as I was growing up. Um, when I uh, had gone off to Ecuador, I, well, I know, before I even got there, she, I was 25 years old and she had an aneurysm. She never spoke again the rest of her life. Um, but she had honored us, so we honored her and took care of her for many years. But the impact of a godly woman, a godly mother in the lives of their children I could give you a thousand examples, and you know it. You know it in your own life. But this morning, I thought, what do you talk about on Mother's Day? It isn't, is it easy to be a mother? Would any of you mothers say it's easy? Just raise your hand. You know, yeah. It's pretty easy the first six weeks, isn't it? You just change them and feed them, and it's all easy after that. Once they begin to talk, what's the first words, word most children say besides mommy and daddy? What do they say? No. Yeah, lovely. Oh, yeah. I'm sure this was a great idea, wasn't it? One of my favorite, Calvin and Hobbes, for those of you who know that it is, what that is. Uh, cartoons. Yes, Calvin has done some terrible thing again, and his mother says, would you do something with that child? And the father just says, I wanted to get a dog. <laughs> Children are a blessing, but they're not easy. And I came across this this week called honoring your father and mother. It's not easy to be a mother. Honor your father and mother is a command which is repeated eight times in the Bible. A person can honor their mother in great or humble ways, but anyway, we honor our mother, we honor God. 
At a grocery store, a mother was considering different cans of vegetables while her son was riding the cart. The boy snuck a can of spinach off the shelf and headed up, held it up to his mother. Mommy, let's get this. Oh, sweetheart, I love spinach. It's my favorite. It wasn't, but it's just too expensive. At Christmas, the little six-year-old grabbed a poorly wrapped gift and said, open this one first, Mommy. The mother unwrapped it, and in her hand, you guessed it, she held a can of spinach. The boy beamed and said, I saved my allowance for a whole year to get that for you. Let's eat it. <laughs> it's not easy to be a mother. Well, moms, this morning, I, you know, and I've heard a lot of different messages. You have two over the years. I, I once heard a woman say, I don't go to church on Mother's Day because it's going to be the Proverbs woman, and I'm never going to arrive there. Well, this is not about the Proverbs woman, but it is about some marks that I think we can learn from Mary, the mother of Jesus, as a mother. And I think there are some good examples we can draw from her, and I'm going to ask you, are they a part of your life? Now, I'm not a woman. I'm not a mother. So in one way, it's kind of silly, or it could be if these were my words, but they're not. These are in Scripture, and so we know that they're true. So we're going to look at four statements, which we've already read, uh, from about, of or about Mary. And we're going to learn that Mary lived in submission to God's will. She lived a life praising God. She lived a life meditating on God's purposes. And she lived a life loyal to her son. Now Mary, as we look at her, was the one human who knew Jesus from his birth to his death. She was with him the entire time. We know she knew and applied God's word in her life and believed it. We can also learn that God's best servants are usually ordinary people. Who was she? She was no great person, no rich person. She wasn't the daughter of a king. Um, and uh, she was a princess, but she didn't act like it. In one sense, all mothers are queens, aren't they? That yet house is your, is your kingdom. And it's okay to act like a queen, but sometimes we don't want you to act like a princess. So let's look at these four things. We start out in the, in the book of Luke, and there's a little phrase there in verse 34. It starts out this, Mary asked the angel, how can this be? So Mary asked the question when the angel comes and he says, look, you're going to have this child. And she said, now, wait a minute here. How, how can this be? Well, the angel answers. And after he answers and explains it, here's Mary's reaction. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, what do we learn from that? The word, the, the word we learn is a real popular one with ladies. It's called submission. And it's even less popular with guys. In fact, you ask a guy, would you like to be submissive or a rebel? Most of them will say, oh, no, I'm going to, no, I got a Harley. I'm a rebel. Do you know that the word rebel in Scripture is related to witchcraft? That was shocking when that was told to me, because I kind of grew up, and I like being a rebel. I like not doing things the way they were supposed to. I used to say, well, you know, it's easier to get forgiveness than it is to get permission. But it's more painful. Mary, after she spoke to the angel, basically says, whatever the Lord wants, I'll do it. Mary 
was submissive in submission to God's will. Not complex. If we move ahead in Luke chapter 1, 46 and 47, um, there when she meets up with Elizabeth, Elizabeth says to her, wow, this is incredible what's going to happen. What's Mary's response? Here it is. My soul magnifies the Lord. And then there are a host of verses where she responds because she says, for he has regard for me, for all people will call me blessed, for the mighty one. And then she gives an, a whole list. She talks about he has done great things for me. He is sinless, he is merciful, he does mighty things, he is humble the proud, he brings rulers down, he lifts up the humble, he feeds the hungry, he treats the rich humbly, he helps Israel physically and eternally. Now, it would have been, I think, very easy for Mary when Elizabeth said to her, wow, you're carrying the Messiah. It would have been fairly easy for Mary to say, yeah, pretty cool, isn't it? Who'd have thunk it? But Mary's response, I think, shows something about her heart. Her response is, all the praise went to God. She didn't say, oh, yeah, I'm this great thing. And that's, of course, one of the great arguments that we've had with the, with the Catholic Church over the years, the veneration of Mary. We respect Mary. She's a great example. She is not to be worshipped. She never allowed it. Here she, here she is. She's a woman. All of it, as soon as, this is really the only time in Scripture where you see anybody almost praise Mary. And what does she do again? She just deflects that immediately to God. Praise to him, praise to him, praise to him, praise to him for what he's done. And she is a woman who praises God. We talked about submission. We talked about praise. We move a little bit further into the book of Luke, in uh, chapter 2, verses 48 to 51. Jesus is at Cain of Galilee, there at the wedding, and uh, they've run out of wine. And so Mary goes to her son, there may be, you could raise a lot of questions for you, but she goes to her son and says, hey, they ran out of wine. And he says, so what? Which is what I would say. <laughs> but uh, Jesus said, nope. And uh, Mary asked the question, or excuse me, I got off here. Jesus is in the temple. So Jesus is in the temple, and Mary goes, and she finds him. He stayed behind, and they, of course, were quite worried. It would have been, it would have been a disaster. But she says, son, why have you done this to us? And Jesus res responds to her, and uh, he says, why did you look for me? I had to be about my father's business. Now, what's Mary's response? Mary treasured all these things in her heart. She thought about them. She treasured them in her heart. Mary spent a lot of time in life, if Jesus was growing up, according to Scripture, meditating on the Father's work and her son. So Mary was submissive. Mary was a woman of praise. She also was a woman of meditation. In John chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, we're now we're at the Cana wedding, and they've run out of wine. It says they have no wine. What, and uh, Mary's question or statement, she really came to Jesus and she said, they've run out of wine. But that's an implied question. You know, it's the kind of thing that a mother says, it says, you, you, you have not made your bed yet. What's the proper answer? That is a correct statement. 
But that's not the idea. The idea you've not made your bed yet is go do it. And uh, so Mary says to Jesus, they have no wine. Obviously, she's implying that he would do something. He responds with, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Mary's reaction is, whatever he says to you, do it. That's a lot of confidence. So Mary was loyal to her son. Submission, praise, meditation, and loyalty. Well, here's some application for you I, as I look at it. Number one, of course, Mary lived in submission to God. When you study scripture, then the next thing you do when this type of thing is there, you ask your question to you. Mothers, do you live in submission to God? Now, if we start talking about it's interesting, do I, sometimes people ask me, they say, do you do weddings? I said, what do you mean? You want me to make your cake? Nobody wants me to make their cake. No, 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 no. Do you do weddings? Will you perform weddings? Well, yeah, I sure will. Yeah. Well, do you have, does it have to be in a church? No, it doesn't have to be in a church. Do you have any rules? Yes. Has to be a man or woman. You want to get married? That's fine. And you have to meet with me three times for one hour each time beforehand. So the first time, we're going to talk about how they met. Second time, we're going to talk about love and respect. And the third time, then I get to talk for an hour about salvation. And if they don't want to do that, they can find somebody else. But I'll tell you one word that is considered a dirty word today when you're writing vows is what word? Submission. Ooh, that's just awful. Well, the key to the matter, of course, is submission to God. And moms, I would say, look, focus on submission to God. Work on your spiritual walk with God. If that's functioning, this vertical stuff is happening, the, the horizontal stuff will naturally fall into place. Now, yes, we know husbands are supposed to submit to God and that the husband, then if he's a loving guy, that's a whole other message. But ladies, submission to God's will. Mary did it. I'm telling you, you should do it too. It's a very clear scriptural principle. And if you worry about your submission to the Lord Most High, the rest of it will just come into play naturally, I think. Secondly, of course, Mary lived praising God. When Elizabeth comes to her, she's praised. Well, how about you? Do you live a life of praise? If we could record you without you knowing it, for a week, what percentage of your words would be positive? Which ones? Would, how? What percentage would be negative? Which? How much of it would be praise to God, and how much of it would be complaining to God? I, I don't know. I sometimes complain to God. I'll have you know, because sometimes life is not a lot of fun, and so. But that's that's fine, and that's in private. But are you a person of praise, or are you a complainer? I mean, it's not fun for the others around you. And it begins to affect you. Of course, you know that more is caught than taught by your children. So if you're a complainer, you can just guarantee that your kids are going to be complainers. Now, just a simple thing happened the other day, and it's pretty funny. We're sitting at the table and eating. Now, Sophie doesn't talk. This is true. But she has an internal clock, which is more precise than the atomic clock in Denver. And that it means that at 5 o'clock, 
the oven better be turned on. And her food should be out so she can see, you didn't forget about me, it's supper time. And by 5.30, it should be on the table. At which time, Lisa and I usually just sit there with her and uh, while she eats and, you know, and, and attend to her needs. But her, her clock just runs like that. And, and so we were having, having supper, and Sophie was there, and, and so Louisa was kind of fussing with her because Sophie, she had one leg cocked up this way, and then the other one's flying off this way, and, and you know, so some food falls on the floor. And so Louisa says, Sophie, would just sit straight in the chair. Why in the world won't you sit straight? At which time, at point, I started to laugh. Because as I looked across, it, Louisa has never sat straight on a chair in her life. She's always got one leg cocked under her here or both. She's extremely flexible. She's extremely short. If she doesn't sit on her feet, she can't reach the table. And I started to laugh, and she looked at me, and she said, what? And I said, would you look down at your legs, please? And they were exactly in the same position as Sophie. I said, I don't know that Sophie looked at, or it just came naturally. But man, you know that kids, more is caught than taught. You know that those words that you use that your kids repeat to grandpa and grandma sometimes, they didn't learn from their buddy. Moms, how, how is your life? Do you live a life of praise? Mary lived a life of praise. And then finally, meditating, number three, meditating on God's purpose. I don't think meditation is very popular these days, but I certainly think we need it more than ever to shut off our cell phones, to shut off noise, sit quietly and think. And Mary did that. She contemplated and thought about all those things in her life. Do you do that? Moms, do you do and think about your children and their future and their spiritual relationship, your own? Mary was a woman who meditated on those things and shut off the noise in life. I'm sure it was easier 2,000 years ago with no technology. Tougher today. And finally, Mary lived being loyal to her son. Mother, do you? Are you loyal to your children? Are you steadfast, standing firm till death? I think it's more important than ever in society today, my mothers and dads too, but since we're, it's Mother's Day, we'll talk to moms. Moms, be loyal to your children, no matter how big of a rat they are. They get older. They do not listen to what you said. They make terrible decisions. I have five, so I, okay, so we are five, two boys, three girls. Uh, and the two poles, and neither of them mind if I talk about it, but I have the older sister, Dawn. Uh, everything my parents ever said to them, Dawn, you don't want to do this. That would be bad for you. Okay. Never did it. Never questioned it either. We were, she just stayed with me. Louisa was down visiting her parents in Columbia, and so my older sister came, stayed with me, and we talked about it. And I said, Dawn, have you ever tried a cigarette? And she said, of course not. Mom and Dad told me that would be bad for me. And she looked at me like, you're an idiot. Why would you ever do that? I said, well, what about alcohol? And she said, well, she says, I think once I did by mistake. But no, Mom told me that was bad. And so, I, and that, that's the story of her life. 
Faithful, she suffered greatly in other areas. That's the oldest sister. Then I have a younger youngest sister, all still older than me. Her name's Mary. If you told Mary, do not jump off this three-story building, she would be over the edge. And she and suffered greatly in her life. My goodness. She she and she would tell you this. She's a recovering alcoholic, drug addict. She uh, ended up marrying a guy. Very interesting guy. He's, he now passed away. You know, she's a widow. She's, I don't know, she must be 59 years old. Um, absolutely passionately loves the Lord Jesus and has a, an incredible testimony. But as she would say, I had to pay for the dumb decisions I made. I never once heard my mother deny that that was her daughter. That's my daughter and I love her. And in today's society, some of our children are going to make terrible, horrible, rotten decisions in the world of sin, and you never stop loving them. You don't have to condone what they do. But every time they come home, make their favorite cookies. Every time they come home, make, make sure they know you love them. Afterwards, you can tell them to stop doing what they're doing. But make sure you are the most loyal to them on the planet. Submission, praise, meditation, and loyalty. Those were marks of Mary's life as a mother. Let them be marks in your life as well. Submission, praise, meditation, and loyalty. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you recorded in Scripture some of Mary's interaction with her son. So we can have a good example to follow. Lord, help me to honor the memory of my mother. Help me to honor the mothers around me in my life. Lord, you created this thing called family. And so we ask you, Lord, that you will bless our moms today and bless all the moms here. We'll give you the honor and glory for it, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dan. So go forth this week and honor mothers. Let's do it today. Let's do it this week. On your way out, there's a flower for each mother right outside the door. Please take one on your way out and celebrate your mothers today. Thank you for joining us.